can't stop addicted. Anyway, hey, welcome in to... How the hell do we already have a thumbs down? Jesus Christ, that was fast. All right, uh, welcome in to episode 119 of the Pucknologist here on Super Bowl Sunday. And I know why you're here. It's because the game sucked. Oh, <laughs> did it suck. Uh, was it as bad as the Sharks versus Anaheim this weekend? No, but it was bad. Uh, hey, AJ underscore strong on the social media, all those platforms and channels joining tonight. Rocket backhander. Hello, everyone. How are you? And joining us. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me turn on his camera here if I can find the switch. And joining us, hockey jerk. There we go. <laughs> Hello, you know, Spoogie. I You know what, dude? I spend I spend the entire time that you and Rocket are talking, thinking, okay, what kind of witty thing am I going to say as as the preamble here? And you just blow me away with the picture every time. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say was that uh, I'm going to be pissed when we inevitably decide to change that intro to something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, man. Hey, do us a favor. Follow us on social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, all those fun places. Hit the subscribe button while you're on YouTube and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you prefer. And don't forget, if you ever miss this show and want to hear it back in its entirety, your favorite podcast platform, always on YouTube and always at Teal Town USA. So let's get into the... Uh, the week that was in Sharks hockey, shall we? Yikes. Ugh. I mean, we're, look, some, some former Sharks are doing well. Uh, Drew Remenda did return to the Sharks broadcast, and we do have our Facebook comment of the week to look forward to. But, uh, look, we played two in SoCal. Uh, and to start this off, look, earlier in the week, I asked Bugner, you know, did he notice that, hey, maybe the guys are a little bit more relaxed because they're playing finally on their own practice sheet and – getting home-cooked meals, sleeping in their own bed. And uh, Boogie said, yeah, the, definitely noticed a, a difference. I definitely see that. I saw that the first practice back. And, uh, you know, as, as a week's gone by here again, yesterday was a rest day. Um, but, yeah, I think the attitude's good. I think everybody's, uh, you know, it, it, everybody's happy to be home. And you could tell that uh, uh, when things are good in your personal life and, and uh, you know, your loved ones and your family and your kids and everybody are uh, – you know, in a good place, that makes things a lot easier on you. And I could, I could sense that when uh, the guys are here to work, they come, they're working hard, uh, they're enjoying being here at the, at the room together. And I think as that road trip went on uh, more and more, it just, you know, it, it, it got to be, uh, um, it, it one day ran into another. And, uh, you know, um, it was good to get a change and come home. And I, I, I sense, uh, the, you know, the, the freshness. So, I guess you could sit there and say those two games that were postponed against Vegas worked in the Sharks' benefit to a certain extent, but let's start with game one at Anaheim. Martin Jones gets the start. Matt Nieto open scoring, tipping in a pass from Sorensen, while Sasha Shaleski gets his first NHL point. Hello, Beach Boys. That's going to be a thing. Uh, the Sharks outshoot 17-8, to the Ducks, in the first period. Sharks were buzzing. Nieto looked solid. And then the second period started. And what had happened was <laughs> it took the Sharks nearly half a period to get a shot on goal. The Sharks give up three goals in that period. The defense goes AWOL. Uh, Rocket, you, you hate to see it. Yeah, it's almost like Anaheim's coaching is effective. 
It's uh, I really have to give it to Anaheim. I always have to say this for second period, uh, is that the opposing team's coaching generally seems to know how to solve a problem like Maria, and they do so post-haste in the second period, and then the Sharks have to struggle with uh, realizing that their their game, or well, they their their game has been had, that they have been had, and that they kind of have to come up with Plan B on the fly. Uh, I've noticed this trend. It's disturbing, but it's nothing new. <laughs> well, Bugner would challenge the team before the third. Couture comes out 40 seconds in. He scores from Kane and Burns. 90 seconds later, Evander gets a shorty. First one for the Sharks on the season. Of course, coming out of the third, <laughs> Bugner also said, let's tweak everything. That's right. We're going <laughs> to switch up the deep pairs. Put Kanijov with Carlson. Let's put Ferraro with Burns. Let's put Vlasic with Shimmick. The line blender is set to frappe. And Burns would then give the Sharks a 4-3 lead from Donato and Gambrell. That's Burns' 700th NHL point. But Comtois would tie it in the second, or I'm sorry, tie it in the third for his second of the game. And we're off to overtime at this point, Jerk. You have to be going, well, at least there was some sort of a comeback. Or I should say a response after choking three away in the second. Yeah. So I'm 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 watching this game and I see that first period and, and I thought I was so smart, you know, I was gonna throw out a tweet and say something like, you know, oh well, you know, the ducks are a worse team than the sharks, so they so the sharks should be playing better, but at the same time, how bad would it be if they weren't playing better? You know, I was totally ready to fire that off. Um and then you know, I didn't after seeing the second period, I didn't want anybody to, for some reason, blame that on my tweet. So I decided against it. Um, <laughs> but I, I, have to, <laughs> I have to say I, I was a bit surprised uh, at the comeback in the third period that you mentioned, AJ. I mean, you know, Couture gets that one and then obviously Kane uh, and Burns as well. And just the fact that, yes, it was a it was a, a comeback, but it was also from you know, the, the big name players on the team, you know, it's not like, it's not like you had, you know, Matt Nieto with the hat trick or anything. I mean, that would be awesome, but you know, that's not the guy you need to be scoring big goals. It's the big players. Uh, and so obviously they came through on that one. Um, but like you said, you know, Max Comtois, he, he seems to like playing against the sharks. So I'm not really surprised he made it four, four on that one. And, and then, you know, you're talking about the overtime I can't be the only one who's starting to get sick of, the the slow it down play in the three on three overtime like I almost turned the game off because of that <sighs> like it's not it's not even a chess match at that point it's literally like you know we're gonna stare at the the wall and watch the newly fresh coat of paint dry for five minutes no you're right it, agreed they just keep throwing it back into their own D zone and say well we're just gonna sit there and wait out the other team hopefully they make a mistake or something there's not a it, it's kind of funny when you consider that Bugner was talking about how we want to focus on our speed and, and have attack, and that's why we bring in guys like Nieto, right? And Donato's obviously got some good wheels. Uh, where is that? <laughs> I guess we're going to wait for it. Uh, Donato did get called for a high stick in OT. The Sharks kill a four-on-three to get to the shootout. Donato and LeBanc score in the shootout while Jones is like wall denying every. Did you know that Martin Jones let in a, a shootout goal like the very first shot that he saw in a shootout, and since then hasn't let in a single one? It's pretty. Yeah, well, it's because 
you know, the pace of the shootout matches the pace of his mobility when he's playing goal. So, oh, oh. Jesus Christ. There's uh, nobody in, there's nobody screening the shot, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nobody to get in his way. Right. And I will I don't say, know, you know, some, some, I guess some people are just more calm in that, that kind of environment. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it, if that's what it takes to get him dialed in, hey, whatever. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of Donato, dude, <laughs> in, he's, both of these games against Anaheim go to a shootout, and Donato is just absolutely filthy in both of them. Just <laughs> sick. Just I, amazing amount of patience. And I'll tell you, the one in, in game one, I was like, God, is that, was he coming away? You know, because you're supposed to maintain that forward progress, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, he is just right on the line. Anyway, uh, penalty kill was perfect three for three while going 0 for three for three coming in, or I should say after this game against Anaheim, one for their last 26 opportunities. But Oh, but wait, it'll get worse. Uh, <laughs> for the second straight game, Hurdle played under 16 minutes, well below his season average of 1940. Uh, he was ended up moving to the wing in the third period, played on a line with Gregor and Marlowe, and Hurdle didn't play a shift in overtime. Conversely, Mark Edward Vlasic, only 16 minutes of ice time through three periods after averaging 22 a night, uh, definitely reducing those minutes. And following the game, Bugner had this to say regarding the adjustments that he made. Well, I obviously wasn't happy with a couple, uh, um, you know, the personnel back there and on a fir- and a couple goals. And, uh, um, you know, we were just trying to play the guys that were going. And, uh, um, you know, just uh, – and, and the same thing with the forward lines. You know, we switched them up in the third period. I didn't like Hurdle's line again and uh, um, switched that up and, and moved him out of the middle and put him on the wing. And, um, you know, so there's just changes that we, we, we look at uh, in between periods and, uh, you know, we watch uh, all the chances against and for and who's generating and who's, who's, who's not and who's costing us and certain situations, you got to make decisions and, and adjustments. You know, it's funny, he's not really naming names, but all you need to do is look at the time on ice and go, yeah, uh, there's some people on this team that he's not happy with. Yeah, uh, and, and I like, too, that he's you know, he's willing to basically say, hey, I don't care if you're our best player. Like, if you're not going to play like it, you're not going to play. And I think that's a a huge difference from, you know, the Peter DeBoer, you know, kind of style of coaching where it was like there were these random guys, you know, Don Scoy, Barkley Goodrow, you know, who was just like, hey, no matter what you do, yeah, you're going to be on line four. Yeah. But, you know, guys like, you know, Yannick Hansen, who did nothing in Teal, like was regularly is like, OK, Jumbo, Pavs and Hansen, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it, so it, it's a nice change of pace where, you know, you have a coach who says, we don't care if you're the best player, we're going to bench you if you're not playing like it. And then to actually see that happen, you know, it's refreshing and it's nice. I think accountability is huge, um, especially some of the contracts that are handed out on this team. I mean. Yes, you're paid based on what you've already done, but there's still an expectation that you're going to continue to do what you've already done. And to further that that question or to further that statement, Jerk, I have a question for you in that do you feel that this presence from Bugner as far as like, you know, if if we're doing badly as a team, you're all badly in my eyes. There's no good or like there's there's no like prima donnas among you. Do you feel that that's a response um, 
to maybe some issues that were going on before this? And do you feel like they're trying to set up a precedent for maybe like next season um, to try to, to change direction with that? Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I just think, um, you know, like you said, it's more of it's it's more of kind of like if things start to go sour, right? Where it's like, you know, it, it's kind of that idea is like, look, you know, we win together and we lose together. You know what I mean? So I almost wonder if it's a way to keep each other accountable. You know what I mean? Where it's like one yeah. and, and not to say not to say that anybody has done this. Uh, at this point in the season, but let's just say there's one player who's just, they're not doing anything to contribute at all. And you know what? It brings the whole team down. And so I, I totally see in that, you know, where, where it's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to praise you when you stand out and I'm going to also um, stand up positively. I'm also going to criticize you if you stand out negatively, but at the same time, we're a team and you know, you only go as far as your weakest link. Right. Yeah. Yeah, what you were referring to, that's called a Mikel Bodka, right? <laughs> no? Hey, hey, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I believe there's a certain uh, friendly wager from a few years back that tells you how I feel on that. Oh. <laughs> oh, that bot is still hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> talking about that, here's Bob Bugner on what happened during the second intermission. Yeah, there was a lot said, I think. Uh... We're, you know, I was upset with the guys. I think they're upset with themselves. It's, uh, you know, it's your, your characters in, in, in question there. When you, when you have such a good first period and you come back and all of a sudden, you know, hey, our power play uh, didn't go as well as we thought or that we wanted and we lost momentum, I think, that way. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's at the same time, I mean, it's a five and five game and we got to get our five and five game established again. And, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't like a couple of the goals. I thought that, uh, um, you know, we looked uh, um, basically uninspired a little bit in, in parts of the second period when it started getting tough and they, and they scored that first goal. And, uh, you know, you come in after that period and, and, and you challenge guys. And, you know, our best players, some of our best players have to be a little better. And uh, they know who they are. And I'm not going to pinpoint them out in the, in, in the media, but there's guys in there that have a lot more to give. And, uh, you know, and, and they got challenged in between periods. And uh, um, it was time to look ourselves in the mirror a little bit and, and it's a gut check. And I, you know, they responded, um, give them credit. We came out and uh, started with Cooch's line. Now, look, I understand your best players have to be your best players, but I am starting to get a little tired of hearing Bugner use that. <laughs> like at some point he needs to be like, uh, best players, you know what? <laughs> Eric Carlson needs to stop sucking is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Tomas Hurdle That's needs to always. get on the bus not always them though you know not they're always, just but... they're just easy to pick on uh, i don't know I and mean, i'm still trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this team with the second period i even went so far as to ask burns what's happening with this team during the second period where you at this point have been outscored 18 to 5 that's huge uh burns really didn't have much of an answer Seems like the second period's been kind of the Achilles heel for the Sharks this season. What do you think is making that difference in the middle frame so far over nine games? Maybe are these road buildings, maybe they're slanted down. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Maybe when you get home, it'll be different. I hope so. If you figure it out, let us know. <laughs> I... <laughs> 
I was totally waiting out. for I was <laughs> I was totally waiting for him to just be like next question dork. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's a valid question like why can't this team put it together during the second I mean, is it the long, you know, that you got the the bench that you know, the way you you switch lines? I mean, that for me that's like is that the only reason cuz it's the only difference, right? I mean, you've had last change in every game, or I'm sorry, first change in every game because they're all been on the road. So explain to me why you guys just can't put it together in the second frame. I don't get it. Obviously, he doesn't either. <laughs> but if you know, yeah, if you know, uh, you know what I, I don't. What is it, Burnsy eighty at Burnsy eighty eight on Twitter? I think or something like that. Whatever his <laughs> yeah. Twitter is. Yeah, mm-hmm. if, if you know, uh, send it into him. Help a brother out. Yeah. Now, for, you know, <laughs> Jerk sits here and makes fun of me going, next question, dork, which, I, yes, absolutely. But it's funny that Hedekin would actually reference that quote during the next broadcast, <laughs> which I got a kick out of because, again, they can't put it together in the second period. But game two versus Anaheim, Dubnik gets the start this go around. Uh, Rudolph Balsers would slot in for uh, Shmlevsky. I'm never going to get that name right. Uh, for his Sharks debut, skating with Gambrell and Donato. Uh, Gambrell with Gregor and Meyer seemed to be one of the few things that was working for the Sharks. So, of course, they had to fix that. Um, Couture would score 11 seconds in on Ryan Miller after Gibson started the previous game. And then the Sharks would play 64 minutes and 49 seconds of hockey and not be able to find the back of the net against a 40-year-old Ryan Miller who's only played in two other games coming into this one. (laughs) In the shootout, Troy Terry, that's right, friend of Dylan Gambrell, and Max Comtois would score for the Ducks while only Donato would score in the shootout frame. Again, Donato, sick. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe they need to put Jones in for shootouts no matter who starts this game. I'm you mentioned Donato and I'm just like you know you mentioned earlier the forward progress like you know Chief clearly likes to test how long the referee is willing to let him go on the shot because the two against the Ducks and I believe against Arizona as well at the beginning of the season every time he's like I'm watching and I'm like ah, you know what he's he's already blow it there's no way he brings it back and oh it's it's in the net and it's a goal like he just he loves flirting with that with that allotted time that he has dude has an infinite amount of patience on the shootout it's amazing because he doesn't come in there like super slow and you know he's not like fire in the hole but wow does he have some patience to just lull the goalie to sleep and just wait for him to bite one way or the other then he goes oh there's my opening thank you and, and I wonder too. I wonder too if that's because you. Th- I mean, I don't know. I, I think probably we're getting to the point where this isn't even a concern anymore. But you got to think too. Think about when the shootout was first implemented. We're probably getting to the point where players in the NHL have been playing the entire time they've been playing hockey. The shootout has been a thing. Mm-hmm. You know. So I almost wonder if there's like an extra training to it versus like you know. And again, you know, Patrick Marlowe, for example. You know, he's was well into the league by the time the shootout came in but still that's not something that like he grew up practicing i don't imagine yeah, yeah so I maybe you 
because it's an extra layer of practice, maybe it's like, oh, let me let me perfect these 14 different, you know, dipsy doodle moves and see what can happen. <laughs> so then what happens after all these kids get all brilliant and genius with the shootout? Do they just go back to like rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> not opposed to it. Yeah, see, yeah. I'm not I'm the goalie and, and a shooter from the other team. Rock, paper, scissors, three rounds. Whoever, whoever gets it. No. And if they can't solve it after three, thumb war between the coaches. Yeah. Oh, I like this. See? Okay, I'm in. So over these two games, the Sharks were outshot 70 to 57, better than last week versus Colorado, where they were outshot 80 to 51. Now here's an interesting bit of news that dropped earlier today. Uh, Redeem Shimmick and Adam Henrique had themselves a little tussle during the second period. Both went off for roughing. Uh, somehow NHL player safety came out earlier today saying that Shimmick is going to pay five grand for spearing. I went back and looked at their melee. I didn't see it. Kevin Kurz, he tweeted about it. He didn't see it. But I guess, what, George? Is it still LaRock running shit at player safety? No, George or? George Peros. Per- I'm sorry. Yeah, LaRock. Excuse me. Got my Georges mixed up. Uh, Yeah, Peros. But of course. Foreman. Peros, uh, last time I looked, former duck, yes? Yes. Okay. Among other things. Yeah. So and this happened against the Ducks. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just pointing out a coincidence, okay? Just saying. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the gif that Tilltown USA on Twitter posted of this dust up and you can kind of see a spearing motion, but it doesn't look like he even hit him. With it. it looks it. like he missed. <laughs> exactly. So is there a is there a GoFundMe for this? Or is the kid got it covered and we don't need to worry about it? That's bottom line. Well, uh, you know, as, as... He signed a new deal. I think he'll be I was going to say, okay. as, right. as, a, as AJ was first to point out uh, over the COVID shutdown, uh, Mr. Shimmick signed himself an extension. So I think he's got it covered. I good. think he good. I'm just saying 500K up front. You just, okay, how much? Let me write the check. All right. <laughs> Well, let's get into the standings here. Sharks currently 7th of 8th in the West. It's the West. Yeah, the Honda West. All right. Uh, Tied with Anaheim with a minus 9 goal differential, sitting 28th in the NHL, uh, even though Vancouver has driven off a cliff here in the last week. Uh, The goal differential that they have right now, only better than Vancouver, Ottawa, and Detroit, who have a combined 11-26-3 record. Yikes. Uh, but then again, hey, Detroit handed Florida their first regulation loss earlier today, so stranger things have happened. <laughs> How the hell does that happen? All right, uh, look, we're 10 games in. Let's talk about where we think this team ends up. I mean, right now, tied with Anaheim for worst goal differential. The only team worse in their division is the Kings, who, oh, by the way, they play twice this week. Uh, they're 24th in goals for, 23rd in goals against. If over the next 10, the Sharks don't go at least 500, uh, is it time to start buying some fire sale signs at this point or no? No. And I'll tell you why after Drick explains his reasoning. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, it's... Drick's headed to Home Depot. (laughs) No, you know, a lot of... A lot of the experts and us included, you know, we've all kind of said it's a shortened season if you don't, if you don't get it together 
early, you're going to you miss your shot. to us as experts? <laughs> well, you know. Did you see my face when he said that? I mean, we are we are the voice of the uninformed fan. Uh, That's true. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I I just think, yes, it's a shortened season. Yes, you theoretically have last, less time uh, to get it on track. But you know what? Every... That's the thing about doing division only play is every game has playoff implications. Even the first game of the season has playoff implications. So let's just say for fun, you know, Colorado or Vegas, you know, they're both those teams, I would say, are wagons uh, in this uh, West division. Let's just say one of them goes on a six game losing streak and all six of those games are against teams below them in the division. All of a sudden, they're fumbling down the standings. And, (laughs) you know, so it's a shorter season, as I said, and there's less time to make up ground. But at the same time, by playing every team in your division or only teams in your division, I feel like it would be a lot easier to make up ground as well. Rock, you had a point you wanted to make after that? Okay, so here's here's my plan. So at first, when we came into this season, I was really kind of clenched up about it and very anxious and very nervous. And then I realized this season doesn't matter. So we have 50 some odd games of preseason leading up to the 21-22 season. So this is all just observation of how these young kids work in a squad and what kind of lessons they're going to learn along the way. Nothing about what happens this season actually matters. This is all just a preview for next year. And next year is going to be fabulous. I know what what now it feels like to be a Mets fan. (laughs) Next year. Maybe a a Bills fan. Maybe. Well, look, it can't help that over the next 10 games, seven are against the aforementioned Vegas and Colorado teams along with St. Louis. One of the games is against the Ducks, uh, a team that just took you to the shootout in consecutive games. Uh, by the time you get to a stretch to grab points, uh, like seven straight against LA and Anaheim, that's in early April and it could already be over by then. Not really matter. Well, so check it out. Let me let me spit some game for you here. <laughs> so... Suck <laughs> So you you scroll through and obviously like these games are not canceled they're postponed they're going to be made up eventually but Arizona <laughs> and Minnesota the NHL doesn't believe in cancel culture go ahead right the Arizona and Minnesota you know they're at least to start this week you know they're on the shelf because of postponement so let's just say for argument's sake if San Jose can beat LA in both of those games that they play Tuesday and Thursday of this coming week then all of the sudden San Jose is up in that four spot so as I said you know Minnesota and Arizona they're going to make up those missed games but you know being seventh out of eighth it looks bad but it's as I said before the, the Sharks are two wins maybe three wins away from being in a playoff spot so I think you know even if you're in the basement you're not out of it yet Oh boy, that's my know. that's my that's my optimism hat. I think um, they should have played this entire season in a three on three format. I just think all fifty six games should have been against Anaheim and LA. This <laughs> <laughs> is the battle of California for the entire year. Just do like micro divisions. Like I like they... <laughs> that so much, actually. <laughs> I <Nice>. do. <laughs> well, look, you you got two against LA. 
then you got the opener, uh, you know, that was the, the whole rejiggering of the schedule because of postponements. But uh, two against L.A., then Vegas, then Anaheim. Then Huge. Two, yeah, I was going to say, then two against St. Louis, then VGK, then St. Louis again, then two against Colorado, then VGK, VGK, St. Louis. This, by the time you hit that halfway mark, you have four games. I'm sorry. Let me take a let me take a look at this reworked schedule. I'm sorry. Six games versus VGK. Who you've already said is a wagon. Again, a couple against Colorado. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, if they don't go 500, I don't know. I think it uh, it might be time to start doing something. I, even if it's a case of hey, okay, so you know what. Uh, maybe we start taking a look at a couple guys up here. Well, you know, give, give a little more time to, or I should say a little more responsibility, maybe to a Gambrell, a Gregor. Maybe you call up Leonard after he's marinated for a few games at the Barracuda. I Start seeing what you got, I guess, a little bit more. But right now, I just, even if they were to sneak in, to the four spot because we're you know we all seem to be in agreement that the wagons that are vegas st louis and colorado are going to make up the top three in the division if they slot in i just cannot see them getting out of the first round because you're going to face one of those teams and i don't think that the sharks right now just can pull that out but well we we remember what happened last time the sharks met vegas and colorado in the playoffs so mm-hmm. <laughs> both 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 going to seven games if i recall correctly both having uh some controversy and <laughs> no 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 no, no, no. Kind emotions it was fine. you know what even you know what's funny is like <laughs> what had happened what? i i don't mean to get off on a tangent but you made me do it so like there was that colorado series no controversy whatsoever like the Landeskog skate yeah dude they switched the rule this year because of that (laughs) no i know but what i'm well okay that shouldn't it should have been a rule or not been a rule well before but like there are avalanche fans who are still bent about that and literally the night it happened Landeskog is like oh yeah maybe i should have been faster you know like he literally stopped caring the minute it happened well yeah he owned it but dude there are literally vegas fans that are still going we got jobbed Dude, I went to a Golden Knights game last season. They booed the freaking referee that called the major. <laughs> they're gonna be oh my, they're gonna be so salty. I mean, they're gonna you be know like what? The I dead them... sea of fan bases. Yeah, like you know what? Hey, full marks for coming up with like you know an identity or like an inside joke for your fan base. Like I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm all about it. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, find another hill to die on. Uh, what, well, I mean, they can't really raise any banners. Nashville's got that covered. Man, the amount of work that those banner makers have to put in. Anyway, uh, let's get into a few more stats here. Look, the last seven games have been putrid for the power play. One for 27. That's 4% if you're counting, people. Now, the P- <laughs> the PK... PK, scotch better, 24 for 27, 89%, not bad. During that stretch, basically 500 hockey, 3-3-1. Three, three uh, <laughs> I don't get it. Look, last week the power play was 18th. It dropped to 20th. Uh, last week the PK was 8th. It went up to 4th. So 
I don't know, six and one, half a dozen of the other. Look, this power play has not scored a goal since Ramenda had hair, is what I'm trying to say. It's been a hot minute. They how need many, to fix How this. many drums have you broken? Oh, it's been a lot. In fact, you'll we might have a background change in the short time. Uh, now, here's the, the numbers that will really bake your noodle. Look, Martin Jones right now, 387 goals against with an 876 save percentage. You think that's bad. Over the last three starts for Jones, 842. And that <coughs> includes getting pulled against Colorado. Chief has faced 85 shots on goal over those three games. Bizarrely enough, the Sharks went 2-1. and one. Now, Dubnik, on the other hand, 291 right now for the season with a 917. But over his last three starts, a 939 <laughs> save percentage facing 98 shots on goal, and the Sharks haven't won. They're <laughs> 0-2-1, man. Come on. They can't win in regulation, and Dubnik's putting up 939. Are you kidding me? You know what? I, I said it uh, I said it last week. I'm pretty sure I said it two weeks ago. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Devin Dubnik is the best goalie to have not won a game this season. I mean... <laughs> That's like, got to be a pretty small pool of people we're talking about. I mean, that they, they can I know, fit but in a like, hot tub. I'm just saying, like, I see, you know, I see some hooligans on Twitter who's like, "Uh, this is why we shouldn't have brought in Dubnik. He can't even win a game." And it's like, are you that wasn't watching? His fault. It's yeah. like, are you watching the same game I'm watching? Because like, Chief is, you know, if if Chief wasn't in net, the Sharks are losing that game probably by a higher margin. Mm. Like, it, it it's. It's not for a lack of trying, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Dude, you're right. I mean, the the funny thing, too, is that the Sharks, over 10 games, what's their record? 4, 5, and 1. Last year, after 10 games, their record? 4, 5, and 1. Yeah, no. but I don't think they had one regulation win. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> not one win in regulation. Unbelievable. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how the room handles it. I don't know if you guys have been watching the bench much when they, you know, when on the rare times that cameras will actually pan it. I can, it feels to me like I'm already seeing a little bit of splintering. There's a couple of guys that are kind of just, you know, when it, when they're down two goals, are just kind of, you know, look at this, man, this nice arena they got here. This interesting scaffolding work, you know, like they they don't feel engaged. Maybe 56 game preseason. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I mean <laughs> even you know even in like years where you know it's really it's going to be bad, you know, you still have hopes and expectations, right? But kind of like what Rocket was saying earlier where it's like this year I feel like if the Sharks like if they bottomed out again this year, I mean it would suck, but I kind of feel like I would just be like, well, you know, it was a weird year circumstances like whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, let, let's, before we get into, uh, trends here, let's hit a couple comments from our buddy, Chris, uh, pointing out both fan bases are still not over the game seven versus Vegas. <laughs> it's, it's not wrong. Uh, True. we booed Brian Campbell for how many years? <laughs> I, I feel like that only lasted like two years, but I might be wrong. I actually, I felt like that only lasted for a few games, but. Anyway, uh, but finally, look, bad teams find ways to lose, and that's that's essentially, if I'm reading that correctly, I think that's Chris calling the Sharks a bad team right now. And 
I can't say that I disagree. Let's, no. <laughs> let's get into who's hot and who's not. And right now on the hot list, oh, your boy, Ryan Donato. Five points over the last five games. He's even on the plus minus and does nothing but score in shootouts. Good Lord. Imagine shootout goals counted for real goals. <laughs> this kid, this this is going to be one of those pickups where you're like, you know, like where where did the sharks mine this guy from? You know what I mean? Hey, you know what? Um, I think you could argue he's over ten games. He's been the most consistent player. Oh, dude, I'll t- I'll do you one better. He's been the best player this year. <laughs> now that's Please what I call me. fucking yikes. <laughs> Please at me. <laughs> also on the hot list logan couture four points in his last five games spurred the comeback versus the uh, ducks in the first game and got the only goal for them in the second uh evander kane trending in the right direction finally getting two points in game one versus the ducks after posting only two points in his previous seven games he now has four in his last five and only one penalty in the last three games, which I think is huge. <laughs> can I? I want to interject here. Yeah, um, it out. And it, it's not a. I don't think I wouldn't say it's a criticism or a trend. I think it's just an observation. So there were you have Evander Kane on your hot list, and I agree with you. He should be there because he's, as you said, he he's cooled it with the slashing penalties, um, and he's getting in on the score sheet, but. You know, I was totally ready to throw him on the not list just because of a couple things I saw uh, in the second game against the Anaheim Ducks last night, if you're listening live with us. Um, you know, there were two instances where, and I think Randy Hahn mentioned it, where it was like he was really slow to get off the ice. And I think mm-hmm. one of them, in the third period, and one of them I think was almost a too-many-men penalty. One of them led to an odd-man rush for the Ducks. And then also, again, Brett, how many times have you heard Brett Hedekin say communication is free? And, you know, Kane high sticks a puck towards LeBanc, and LeBanc is looking right at Kane do that. You know, it's on Kane to communicate, which is free, as Brett Hedekin said, and say, you know, to LeBanc, don't touch it. You know, let it go. And I don't know. Again, it's not even really a complaint. It's just something I noticed. It's like if the Sharks want to actually have a chance at fighting for that fourth spot, I mean, as much as goals and wins are nice, like – if you're not doing the the small things well, you're not going to do anything well. And and I think especially Kane up until the last two games and then even Hurdle as well, the word I use to describe it all is clunky. It just seems very clunky, you know, where it's like, okay, this is just, you know, here we go. You know, you, uh, you know, somebody put a rock through your car windshield. So it's like you just put up some like a trash bag, and that's what you're rolling with. Clunky. <laughs> I believe that was also like the marketing promo for the 1979 Volkswagen Bug. Yeah, <laughs> it's clunky, it's clunky. But it would get you there. It's yeah. clunky yet funky. <laughs> uh, also on the hot list, Dylan Gambrell, who we actually spoke to earlier in this week, so go check that out on our channel. Nice little plug there. Uh, dude is winning crucial faceoffs. Dude's winning a lot of faceoffs, and Chief is seeing his ice time increase because of that. So keep it up, Dilly, our new Dilly. Oh, uh, he, Rock, Rocket is just, saying there can only be one. No, there <laughs> will only just, be one. Yeah. You know what though? 
he's he just does everything right you know like he he's one of those guys where you where it's like hey we need you to do these things better and he's like okay and has done all of those things better better at winning faceoffs uh better skating it seems he's more willing to get physical so it's i like he's you know i think he should be at the top of the hot list he's the hottest hot if you will he's plasma I, i i might disagree with you good sir uh, okay. Now, well, okay, I'm going to disagree with you, but I'm going to touch on something here for a second. Gambrell, though, you, if you think about it, you know, didn't get in for the first three games, right? Or the first two, right? Was it what? Sure. sure. Shellman on the three. first? First three. First, first three, because you had Shellman. Who came in on the second one? Um, Hendemark. Yeah. Oh, man. Boy, did that. So, anyway, for Gambrell to not have a good camp, miss the first three, and then play like he's been playing, yeah, that's good. But... If you're saying Gambrell's the hottest, I'm going to politely disagree with you and say a Super Mario might be the very oh, hottest. Uh, Chief's time on ice has increased to over 25 minutes in the last two games. Plus one in his last five games. Leads the team in hits over the last three games. <laughs> so Chief is throwing the body while making a difference out there. He just... He dude, skates so well, too. Dude, he's my Deadpool. He's like, let's get out there and make a difference. <laughs> Rock, Rocket Backhander's new favorite player, per chance? Yeah, Just he has based been on for hair. quite some time. He has yeah. been for hair and personality. Actually, his laugh is hysterical. Because <laughs> it's just this long wheeze. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's just, like, I feel like he's just... One of the like, especially if you view his YouTube channel, like he's just one of those guys where it's like it's so hard to root against him because he'll like he'll make a seven minute YouTube video where it's like, you know, oh, like, look at this. You know, I I, I got, you know, I got a smart plug for my Alexa and now I can dispense granola bars with my voice, you know, like it'll be just something so, you know, teeny like that. And he just gets so pumped up and it's just it's hard to not be a fan. I, I think that kid. uh is definitely going to see a letter on his jersey at some point in his career. I don't know that it should be a C because the dude is almost too happy. Like, I almost feel like if, if some sometimes somebody does need to be called out. You, you've seen that video of Pavelski during the, uh, the, the stadium series and everything where he's just go you know, soft shit doesn't get it done. And, but, and I feel like Frog doesn't have that in him. He'd be like, come on guys, you can do it. Like, I think he's a little, he could probably be, but I don't know. We're not in the room. We don't know, but he just has that always positive, always up, just infectious energy. And I don't know that that would play with everybody in a room. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think there's some guys that might be a little like, okay, you know, Mickey Mouse, dial it down for a hot minute. It, it, I... <laughs> yeah, no. you're right. I don't think so. He, I think he... he's smart enough to know when to when to read the room. All right. Uh... He just he reminds. If you've seen the Lego Movie, he reminds me of good <laughs> of Good Cop, where he's just super cheery all the time. <laughs> hey, can Christ. I get what can I get for you? <laughs> oh my god. Um... Well, you guys are so mean. <laughs> no, I think he'd be a really good um he'd be that kind of person to where if he did have to go ham on your ass, you would know how serious it was because he, you know that's not his his natural inclination and it would be like he wouldn't even have to go 100% hard into you and you'd be like oh, I will never do this again because Dude, you he... never want to see him upset cuz it'll just break your heart. Hold on. 
I want to know what 21 pucks is getting at. He's asking me, are you sure about that? He gave it to me in COD, in COD. Call of what Duty. is that? Call, yeah, Call of Duty. Duty. Okay, I guess I'm showing my age with that or just the fact that I could give a shit about video games. So, all right, <laughs> my bad. Um, he would, like fish. For, for our, he would pull, he would take the latest iPad out of his hockey bag and he'd be like, here, let me, let me, let me show you what you're doing here. He would like just break, <laughs> he'd break it down for you. He'd be like, oh, you know what? I just went to Best Buy. I picked up this portable projector here. Let me show you what we're looking for here. And he'd just <laughs> put it right on the whiteboard. And... <laughs> I think, dude, this I is think an he's... HD 1024 PD. Yeah, he'll be able to see everything. If he's not like a coach following oh, his career. Dude, dude he... video coach. Yeah. Best hockey ever. Dude, if, if he's not some sort of a coach when his career is, is completed, he definitely needs to be whoever the next John Root is. <laughs> just bouncing around the tank. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> oh no, I, I think that. I think video video coach, one hundred percent. All right, finally, let's get get over the hot list here. Uh, of course, to round it out, Devin Dubnik. Like I said, nine thirty nine over his last three, seeing far more rubber than Jones, and yet still can't find a win. Uh, and we kind of mentioned time on ice a second ago, so let's at least take a look at that and how that's working. Look, you can see Dylan, man. He is being thrown some responsibility, and he is responding. Same thing with Ferraro. Look at those ice time increases. Conversely, Hurdle, where'd you go? <laughs> where'd you go, my brother? Mark Edward Vlasic. Yikes. <laughs> Just saying. Dylan spitting hot fire. I'm saying it. Um, so that was the hot list. Let's get into the who's not. Wait, Mark, sorry. Go ahead. One last hot. Nikolai Kanijov. Who? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just real. He's just you know. We said it last week. He's not like you haven't heard anything about him, which is good. Like mm. he he skates well, he moves the puck well, he hits. He just for being a rookie defenseman, he does everything right. And I'm not gonna say that he's this year's Ferraro, but I love what I've seen. Nice. And again, it a guy who was allowed some time to marinate a little bit before being brought up. You know, not too early. Not Mer Merkel Mueller. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, not hot. Mark Edward Vlasic, brother. Your face about to be on the side of milk cartons in the Bay Area. Dude, you drop to the bottom pair in game two. Your ice time is just plummeting, circling the drain. What happened to you, my man? I miss I miss the old MEV. What what I don't understand what's going on with this guy. What a jerk, what are you seeing with this? It's just it the complete opposite of Ferraro and Kanijov, where there's just there's there's no urgency. You know, the skate, there's just no urgency in breaking the puck out. You know, there's, I mean, I, I feel like all of the Sharks defensemen are really good about taking the body, but, you know, there's just not, especially with Ferraro and then Kanijov as well, uh, and even Burns, who I think deserves to be on the hot list as well. It's just, you know, they're, they're taking the body as a way to maybe pop a puck loose or to kind of turn things around. And I just feel like Vlasic, everything has just been really just slow and kind of, you know, out of control the last couple games. It doesn't feel very crisp or smooth at all. You know, I, I made a mistake. I do have Burns on the hot list. I forgot that one. <laughs> Leads the team in time on ice. Three points in his last five. Two-point night versus the Ducks in game one. 
So well, and and I believe Drew Remenda said too that this is since Who? he's gone. Yeah, that guy. I believe he said that since he's gone back to defense, this is the best he's ever looked at playing defense. Wow. I believe he said that with on Brody Brazil's YouTube. So that's obviously, I mean, that's something the Sharks need. Like, like Burns is all about the points. He loves the points. But, you know, you're if you're going to be out there for 25 minutes a night, you are relied on for other things as well. Hell yeah. But uh, also not hot. You're talking about, you know, the big names on the defense. EK65, do, do something. Do something. Can I make a... I want to make a declaration right here, right now. Okay. Please. I mean, we're going to get into EK65 in a, sec- in a second. We're going to talk about okay, some numbers, I'll, I'll but wait. go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I'll wait. Throw it to Rocket. Uh, uh, what do you got? I got nothing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last one on the not list. Tomas Hurdle. One point in the last seven. Three shots on goal in four, over four of the last five games. To put that into perspective, Timo Meyer has 15 shots on goal in the last five games. Timo yeah, Meyer is not a new dad. Timo Meyer's on the <clears throat> not list right now. Yeah. It, and it's it's not for anything new, but dude, I said it last week where it's like I get it like shots on goal are great, but like he's taking all of his shots from behind the faceoff dot. It's like, dude, <laughs> what do you what do you expect to happen? It's like it's just I see like I saw it at least two or three times in the second game against Anaheim where it's like okay Meyer brings it in and I'm like all right let's set it up what are we gonna do here throw it on net save commercial I'm like well that was a that was a waste of my time you know it's like I don't it's know like you're a big body power to the net well dude. but if that's his job is to throw it to the net save commercial isn't that just part of his job within the NHL? Is to give say, them an opportunity to get to commercial. I was gonna say maybe the NHL is like, hey, look, we we really need you to help us make some sponsor money back. Precisely. So if you exactly. could just throw it on the net before every commercial break. <laughs> I just I want to know what's going on with Hurdle. I I love this kid. I you know I've got jerseys with this you know I, it's probably my favorite shark, but he just. I don't know what is going on with him. I don't know if he's just gripping the stick too tight. I don't see him crashing the net like I used to. And he's even been moved to the wing now because Bugner has gotten to the point where he's like, you know, kid, what happened? Where's the kid? You know, what, what, who did we see in game one versus Arizona? You know, two goals and assist. Where, what happened to that guy? He became a dad. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'm I'm wondering yeah. if it's the if it's the Eric Carlson treatment that we saw last year, where it's just and again, I don't think it's like 24 seven. Oh, how's my baby? But it's like you've got other things on the back of your mind, and it, I I maybe it's just hard to get psyched up. Especially you know we talked about it last week. They were out they were outside of San Jose for 35 days. I mean, yeah. none of us here have kids, but I imagine that we know being, of that we know of. Yes, but I imagine. Right? being away from your newborn for 35 days, I don't know that that's the easiest thing to deal with. I couldn't I be know. away from my plants for a month. They'd die. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hoping Hurdle flips this rather quickly because you talk about needing your best players to be your best players. I mean, how many times have we seen Hurdle just be an absolute beast when needed and right now shrinking Violet? But let's get into, um, well kind of a segment i'm referring to is uh hey how's your pavelski uh so let's get to this weekly comparison just to say after 11 games for colorado Jonas donskoy is tied for second in goals on the team with five including two openers one on the power play tying goal versus san jose game winner boom high value goals kids got eight points plus four 
uh, average time on ice, 13 minutes. I mean, that's quite good. Good good job, Jonas. Every, I, I, every time I hear Donskoy's name, all I can hear is that from that commercial with the leaf blower. Jonas! Uh, but Joe freaking Pavelski. Eight games played. 15 points. Plus seven. Five of seven coming on the man advantage. As did nine of his 15 points. Five goals. Two were game winners. One was an opener. Posted a point in seven of eight games played, including two four-point games with an average time on ice of 20 minutes. Boy, that age is really showing, huh? Glad we fucking got rid of him. Uh, conversely, over 10 games, EK65 has three assists. Two of three coming in losses, leads the team, or I should say is actually tied on the team right now with a minus six. Average time on ice, just under 27 minutes. Hasn't had a point in four games. Now, I bring this up. Again, because there was a lot of back and forth on social media about EK65 earlier this week, which is very, pretty impressive because the dude hadn't played a game all week. But it was because Pavelski was tearing it up so much while EK is not producing. Uh, Jerk, since when did age become a factor before production? <laughs> I mean, it's like I, with the tear that Pavs is on, I'm seeing a lot of debate, and it's oh, you always sign the younger guy long term rather than the older guy short term. Don't you sign the guy that, like, I don't know, puts up points consistently? Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you do. And 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 prior to this year, prior to this year, Eric Carlson was that guy. You know, I mean, that's that's undeniable. Say what you want. Putting up points. Look at Hockey DB right now. Well, last year? Bro. I mean, 40 and 56, <laughs> right? 40... That's pretty good for a defenseman, no? no d- decent. Decent? Is it worth eleven and a half million? Decent, my ass. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's get into this. Go, keep going, keep going. I got some numbers well, for you. Keep going. You, you didn't even let me finish because I was Don't about to make out. you. So all last year, I said, you know what? I'm not gonna not gonna turn on Eric Carlson until it's until we're seeing consistency year to year. And guys, I think I'm ready to buy a bus pass. Wow. For the. Uh, yeah and it's not anything it's not anything personal i'm not going to be one of these people who talks crap about because he likes cars or he has long hair or any of that you know i'm not going to be oh yeah there's people nothing wrong no i know but what i'm saying is there there are people who just point out the things about him as a person and it's like that's not what we do here but it's just it's i mean it's the same thing on (laughs) right but (laughs) just and and I kind of was starting to notice a little this a little bit last week. Brett Hedekin has been hammering at home the last two games where it's like, you know, Eric Carlson's put up, when he was in Ottawa, put up a lot of goals, put up a lot of shots on goal. And since he's come to the Sharks, that's like the one thing that he refuses to do. Yeah. And and Brett Hedekin even said it at least two or three times that I heard in the second game against Anaheim where it's like, you know, he basically said, and, you know, Eric Carlson once again got a clear lane to the net, not taking the shot. And I'm like, dude, even, you know, even if it's not going to go in, get it on net. Maybe it bounces a certain way. Maybe somebody taps it home. Maybe the goalie doesn't see it. I don't know. But just take a a shot, as good of a shot as Eric Carlson does have. He's not using it. His skating, he just looks like, I don't even know. He, like, it looks like somebody took a two-by-four, put it against his back, and then, like, tied it around his back like he almost looks like he's just like like a scarecrow when he skates 
And it's just like, and it's like, how many years have people been saying, oh, he's one of the best skaters in the league? And he was, but it's just like, dude, you got that scarecrow from Wizard of Oz thing going on. And it's like, you know, the breakout passes aren't crisp. And I get it. Like, part of it is because his breakout passes are so good that the Sharks forwards can't pick them up on the on the go. But I think as a professional, you have to say, okay, when I freaking whip a missile across the rink to these guys and they can't catch it, maybe I got to dial it back a little bit. And well, we're and not been, seeing that. I was going to say, that's something that we've seen since he started here. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, know, dude. Throwing lasers across the ice and people going, hey, dude, take a little smoke off of it, man. That's what I'm saying. I can I can picture a handful of times where he's he's on that right point and say you have, I don't know, Couture over on the left boards and he fires it over there and it's like boom off the boards and back into the middle of the ice and it's like that's nowhere near Couture. I mean, like I said, you know, if you if your guys can get the puck, by all means, whip it across to them. But like at the same time, you got to read the terrain, you know, and adjust on the fly. And it's just the things that he was really good at. He's just hasn't been playing that way this year and i'm i'm still hoping that he kind of gets his head on straight and can get it under control but you know like you said 10 games in i mean we're you know we're a a fifth of the way through the season at this point oh my god just about i'm so happy you brought that up okay in 56 games played last season eric carlson posted 40 points last season there was the whole thing with the birth of his daughter there was the groin surgery to go through with three points in 10 games so far this season, he is on pace right now, 17 points over 56 games. That would equal, <laughs> that would equal 25 points in a regular season. Dude, EK scored 26 his rookie year <laughs> in 60 games. Three seasons ago, Justin Braun potted 33 points. <laughs> Vlasic had 32. These are not the names that you think of when it comes to blue line offense. Paul Martin had 26 points in his final season with the Sharks, for Christ's sakes. Mm. Now, Carlson has a rep for some bizarre reason. He's got a rep for being a slow starter. Is that an excuse when you've had 10 months off? And it's a compacted no. schedule. You know you have to be ready to go by day one. There is none of this, I have a brand new baby. I have a good... No, you've had 10 months. And right and, now he's currently 10th on the team in scoring. And, and, and that's why, like last year, I didn't want to get on the bus. Because it's like, okay, he's recovering from surgery. He's got the kid. He's got these... These are all legitimate reasons for there to be struggling. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... You know, I'm not going to you know, poke at a guy because he's got a a human life issues going on. The the reason why I'm getting my bus pass out this year is because like you said, AJ, there's no excuse. Like he's had, you know, his, as by all accounts. And again, we, you know, none of us are related to him that we know of. So we wouldn't know this, but by all accounts, the family life is good. The health is good. Everything's good. So I'm not really sure what the deal is now. Like I said, I'm, I'm hoping that like, once the sharks get back at home, it's just like, oh, okay, you you you're becoming a hater. Watch this, but it just doesn't look good so far. And you know, you guys know that like I've been very hesitant to take this position, but you know, here we are. <laughs> and you all know I've been here since day one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I I believe you wrote the book on this position, dude. <laughs> Twenty five points in a regular set. Seventeen points. Oh. If Chief does not crack 20 points this season, 
how does he not get raked? See, that's the one thing. Could you imagine if he was doing this in Toronto? He'd be getting destroyed by the media on the regular. Yeah, well, people in Toronto actually care about where the money goes in hockey. <laughs> Any market in, in, in Canada, he would be yeah. getting toward a new one. Boston, New York, he would be getting it. He'd be getting raked over the coals. Doug Wilson would be getting raked over the coals for signing this deal. So, do you think that Eric Carlson is a cautionary tale about uh, talent, raw talent, and not enough actual fundamental discipline, good habits? Because just from what everyone has talked about in the last twenty minutes or so, sounds like this guy has been amazingly talented, fantastic, just brilliant genius guy. And then he had a little bit of injury, not a big deal. But then he had a little bit of life tossed in there too. And all of a sudden, the fundamentals, the hard work, the practice, the the boring crap that you do every single day to get used to, you know, elevating your your status, he's not good at that because he's just so talented. He's just naturally just freaking dripping with talent. So he doesn't maybe have the same level of discipline in like the small areas that other guys do. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe he missed out on an opportunity to go play overseas with another team for a month or so to get back into competitive shape because he wanted to be at home with his family or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's that. No, that's a good point. Like, I think, especially me... as far as I, as far as I know, I don't know, you know, he, during the shutdown, I think he may have been back in Ottawa at that time. And, you know, obviously I Canada pronounced Ottawa, but go ahead. <laughs> And, and I, you know, obviously Canada's uh, COVID restrictions were obviously much stricter um, mm. than in the U.S. And again, I, I hate to even sound like I'm making excuses again, but is it really just a situation where it's like, yes, he had 10 months off, but he never got to skate in those 10 months? I mean, is that really what it just boils down to? I don't Maybe. know. Could be. Well, uh, like a tiger, coaching style doesn't work for his game type or that EK65 can't adjust. Well, well, two, well, two things can be true. Two exactly. things, two things can be true, but uh, you know, <laughs> for being the highest-paid defenseman in the league, you should know how to adjust. Is what I hear you saying. Yeah. Yep. You need yep. to know how to adjust. But <laughs> when you're the highest-paid player on the team, maybe you're sitting there going, "No, y'all need to work around me. I don't have to change shit." I mean, you know I, I mean, I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like I'd be fine with that too, honestly. Like, mm. uh, I mean, see, I'm not a fan of big ego guys, dude. These divas no, 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 not, crazy, you know, not like, not like that. You know, nothing like, like, like big ego, but just like, you know, I think the coaches need to look and say, okay, Eric Carlson, he's dynamic. We want the offense and everything to run through him. We need to get our guys in a position to where they can be the beneficiaries of what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, let's run the offense through a guy who won't shoot. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but Jerry making the solid point that I've been making for a while. <laughs> if Eric Carlson continues the same trajectory, what choice do the Sharks have, man? <laughs> what can they do? And that's the 56 whole thing. 56-game preseason. That's what I'm saying right there. <laughs> but they can't do anything. <laughs> you know, they're hoes. They can't expose him to Seattle because of his contract. Who's going to take on... Who? The most expensive, like who, 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 what team is going to say, oh, how much is he get? 11 and a half per year and he's not producing? Sure. Give me some of that. 
The you know, devils. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> no. That is a healthy buyout as well. A oh, healthy buyout. Dude. Yeah. You'd be paying that guy for twenty if, years. I was gonna say, I'm, I'm it, not. Though. I'm not one of those people. Like I like very. I think the a buyout should be a last resort. But let's just say because I know a lot of people are are getting there. Um, dude. If the Sharks were to buy out Eric Carlson, let's just say for fun, um, they would be on the hook for that until 2033. <laughs> and, and they'll still be playing at SAP Center. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'll be and eligible if your to join the AARP by then. <laughs> and if you're wondering, will the Pucknologist podcast still be on at that time? Yes, we will. <laughs> sure. It might only be the jerk show at that point because uh, Rocket and I will have aged out. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you know, let's see. What is it? I'll be, yeah, I'll be, I'll be coasting very nicely into my late 30s and it'll be great. Yeah, you go. You're going to have to run the show at five o'clock or earlier because I go to bed a lot yeah, earlier. Yeah, it'll. You know what? It'll be, it'll so be me, time. puck. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be, be a me. Show. It'll be me, puck guy, and somebody who's in fifth grade right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, just uh, so I think you know. Look, I, I'm sorry for those. Who say, oh, you're just an EK. Don't apologize. Sixty-five hater or whatever. Yeah, I fucking hate guys who make yeah, a okay. ton of money that don't produce. You're okay. Yes, you're right. Okay, but let's let's roll back the clock and and at haters, how much of what you said is not based on fact? Zero. There you go. Okay, that's all then. you need to say. If anybody says like, no, that's all you have to say. Like until you start slinging crap because of who he is as a person or made up things that they, the mysterious they, come up with, <laughs> then. You've many, got nothing to trip on. Many people are saying. Uh, see, now here's the thing, though. <laughs> Deion Sanders was known as Ooh. a diva in football. Probably the best cornerback, one of the best defensive players to ever play that game. He was a massive diva. And you know what? Fucking guy showed up every time it counted. That guy put up numbers. There was no downtime for, for Dion. He showed up. And you can be a diva. When you show up every time and you're, you know, you're the big money guy and you're making play after play after play, you're making the difference day in and day out. When you, 17 points of 56 games. So what you're saying is be, be like Dion, don't be a TL. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm telling you. All right. Uh, All right. I'm afraid once again, we've gone long. Please notify our affiliates. Uh, if you were <laughs> unaware, <laughs> the Sharks have announced some schedule changes after last week saw both games against Vegas be postponed. Again, we just share the information with you people. So, you you know, again, for the uninformed, for the informed, whatever it is. Uh, but here you go. Uh, the games have been moved. Game on Monday, or I should say last Monday. Now scheduled to be the opener on February 13th at SAP. Remember, that is a matinee game. So <laughs> don't take that late nap or early afternoon food coma. Don't let that impact you. That's a matinee one. Uh, February 3rd has been moved to February 25th. And then the previously scheduled February 13th against Anaheim has been moved to April 6th. And the February 26th game versus St. Louis has been moved to March 8th. What does this mean for Patrick Marlowe? It means he's going to break Gordie Howe's record with, on the same dates as already projected. It's 
pretty much all it means. But hey, speaking of home openers, hey now, you love to see it. Like seeing that logo. Is it as nice as the 25th logo? No. Yeah. But it's fine. Image courtesy of our buddy, Jonathan Becker. But hey, looks good. Looks tight. Can't wait to see it on a TV screen. Just saying. Oh. All right. Well, speaking of the Anaheim games, uh, we did see somebody come back to the Sharks. Sort of, kind of. Drew Remenda, friend of the show, returned to the Sharks broadcast, joining Brody and Curtis. This was announced last Thursday with Tom Tolbert on KNBR, and Drew said he's doing six games so far of pre-post and intermission live from Saskatoon. Obviously, the first two against the Ducks already in the bag. Next appearances will be February 18th versus the Blues, the 25th versus the Knights, the 1st of March versus the Avs, and the 5th of March back against the Knights. So, oh, Jeremenda. Thoughts on Drew so far over the weekend? Because now here's the fun thing. I'm going to like to hear both of your takes on this because Rocket became a Sharks fan after Remenda was gone, whereas Jerk, you know, learned the game sort of from Drew yeah. Remenda. <laughs> Grew up on the game, if you will. So It's a fair uh, way to put it. Yeah, so after two games, you know, I want to go to Jerk first because you know what it's like. Yeah, um, I think it, it's been nice to hear, you know, his take on everything again. As you said, you know, like I, you know, I grew up listening to Drew Amenda. Like Drew Amenda was a fixture of my childhood Sharks game viewings. You know what I mean? He was a, a recognizable voice um, and, and, and still is. I think the way the way that he says things, I think he says it in a very educated way so it's like wow this guy really knows what's up but he also says it in a way where it's like okay i don't know what he's talking about but i understand what he means <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, I, and i think it's been a welcome it's been a welcome uh addition to the pre and post game broadcast and i said it last week you know what you couldn't pay me to watch pre and post game just because it's not something that interests me but getting drew remenda there my ass was in the seat a half hour early to watch and hear what he had to say. Um, she I'm, puts butts in the seats, man. Yeah. Now that said, I'm I'm not going to be one of those people where it's like I devote my entire adult life to his legacy as a Sharks coach. Well, and broadcaster. Well, okay. What are you trying to intimate? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, I like I'm not going to fall over my seat if like that's the only two games we get. I'm not going to be upset or anything like that. But no, I just think he's a good. There are worse people to have around. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I'm not doing it. Go ahead, Rock. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he's not Tony D'Angelo or anything. Um, he's, he's <laughs> sorry. Um, okay, so this was my first real exposure to Drew Amenda in in his element, as everybody else knows him to be. Uh, I felt very strongly that um, he had. He definitely has a really good insight as as a broadcaster or like a, as an analyst that I think the other guys maybe lack. The guys who are players have the experience necessary to do the job, but they are not as succinct or as, yeah. um, I don't know, like they, they, they can watch the same thing that Drew does and not see what he sees. So I guess in, in that regard, his vision is very unique and... Um, yeah, he does tend to be like like 
Jerk said on, on the side of, I kind of don't know what he's talking about, but I understand what he's saying. Um, and I think that that is great for us as a fan base because it forces us to get smarter um, instead of just being fed homerism after homerism, you know, after, you know. So I think that um, even if it causes a little bit more of a critical view towards the team uh, overall, I think this is better for for us as a fan base, and I appreciate having him back. I think what we're trying to say is, Hasso, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> we like him here. Keep yeah, him around. Yeah, it'll be okay. Um, now, of note, I mentioned earlier that uh, the announcement of the appearances came on KMBR with Tom Tolbert. Uh for those of you who don't know, in the Bay Area, that's the uh, one of the local sports stations, and I use that term in not a great way. Uh, look, <laughs> he's got an afternoon show with uh, Larry Kruger and Rod Brooks. Now, of note, and the reason why I call this out because I laughed my ass off because, again, local sports talk radio ignores the Sharks by and large, with the exception of Tom Tolbert. He's been the one guy who's like consistently talked Sharks over the years Tom and Drew are appointment radio but Tom used to kind of ride solo and now he's been saddled with these two asshats and Larry Kruger seemed to be amazed astounded as if it was a magician's illusion that the Sharks he goes oh man I'm looking at the schedule here you guys are playing 16 games against LA and Anaheim it's like yeah Dumbass, they're playing every team eight times. Did you just wake up? I mean, look at the schedule before the season begins, pal. It's it's right here. They have them. You can print them out and pay attention. Ugh. I'm sorry. Wait, you, I, you, I, guys, I, you guys don't use the ball? Oh, I had, I'm sorry. I had to get that out. It's just, come on. <sighs> local sports. God, you, guys you know what, suck. though? If, if local sports media didn't suck... This we wouldn't podcast, be here. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. This podcast probably wouldn't be a thing. So to uh, to everybody who continues to poorly cover the Sharks, I say keep it up. <laughs> Good looking out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, look, I've always, you know, everybody knows my take on Drew. I fucking love the guy. He is awesome. Great storyteller. Great just overall dude. You bump into him in the con- uh, on the concourse or – Hell at Saint uh, San Pedro, wherever, and just not a nicer guy you're gonna find. And you know, even when you tell him he sucks, his you know his response is, "Hey, thanks for watching." You know, I mean, just all around cool dude. Now, will this kind of I don't know what the hell this is. Like, why randomly these six games? Is this going to lead to more appearances? Could this lead to a return? to the broadcast booth once we're beyond COVID and we're all filling the building and everything like that. You know, there are people who enjoy Hetty. Um, I think Hetty is fine. I'm not a, a huge fan, but I think he's fine. Uh, you know, he definitely has his moments. My, Of course, my all-time favorite being, do you want to be get your butt kicked or do you want to be a kick butter? Yeah. Uh, so, could this... Could we see Drew return? I hope so in that capacity. Hetty can slide right back over to the radio with Randy, or I'm sorry, with Dan Rizanowski, where I actually think Hetty is better served. A lot of people thought Baker was better on radio than TV. Uh, you know, it's all subjective, but if you go and look, whether it's Reddit, Twitter, any of the posts, it's, it's 99% 
pro Drew sentiment, like bring him back. So we'll see if this leads to anything. Remember, this is all on the team owner, guys. He's the one who pulled the trigger. He's the one that re- that decided not to renew the contract. He can change his mind. So it's it's just funny because if you ask any Edmonton Oilers fan, like <laughs> they they fucking hate like him. Drew, they're yeah, like he's Drew too could, much of Drew a Sharks have, fan. Yeah, Drew couldn't have <laughs> left sooner. Like <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we could not have gotten the boot up his ass any quicker. Was, oh, whatever. Um, all right, we have some final things to say here. Uh, still waiting on announcements, by the way, on whenever the Sharks are going to wear, wear their reverse retro or heritage jerseys. Could it be happening by the end of this week? Especially since there will be the very first home game at SAP. I mean, I would think... Maybe you do the home opener in your heritage. Just saying. Just me. A couple other notes here. Oh, by the way, two weeks ago, I dropped the news. uh, The exclusive interview we had with Sharks VP Doug Bentz that Fanatics is no longer running the Sharks store or the kiosks in SAP when it finally does open. Uh, So the Sharks mobile shop website that was run in tandem with Fanatics has been shut down. So that he gone. Uh, also of note though, the sharks are low key running an equipment sale on sjteamshop.com, including game worn jerseys, sticks, pads, skates, all the stuff you would see at the annual equipment sale for the most part. Uh, they really haven't promoted this, but it's been getting around on social media channels. So the good news of course, is that now people outside the Bay area can grab themselves a little cool game used merch. The bad news is the prices are a cha-ching. <laughs> if you're familiar with the annual sale, stuff's priced to move. They want to clear stuff out so they can bring in new equipment. Uh, evidently, that is not the case right now. They are selling stuff at market rate. That means the Kevin LeBanc stick that you bought at the annual equipment sale two years ago for 60 bucks is now $200. Just to let you know. I saw two game-worn Joe Thornton jerseys go for $2,200. So what I'm saying is, is that if you want a little slice of that uh, Sharks equipment sale, uh, you better bring your black Amex and be prepared. Again, love that you can get it, but whew, these prices are yowza. Uh, around the NHL, speaking of Fanatics, a report came out this week that Fanatics, after doing all they can to ruin sports apparel, is now going to be focusing on the memorabilia market, which, um, I mean, jerk, don't they already do that? Yeah, uh, you can go on uh, go on the internet, fanaticsauthentic.com, and you'll be unsurprised to find that they already have a website for that and have for years. So. And, that's, and that's like their legit one, plus they already have like shadow sites. Oh, and there she goes. And there she goes. <laughs> they already have shadow sites that sell their stuff, if you will. I mean, yowza. Uh, let's see if we can't... Uh, Solve this issue right quick, yay! Can we do it? Can we do it? You see, what no, had happened was. <laughs> oh, I guess not. Well, that's disappointing to say the least. But we we roll back anyway. I'm sure she'll be back in a hot sec. Anywho, uh, she heard the word fanatic, and she's like, "I'm getting the hell out of here." <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll say, and then we're and back. back. Um, so anyway, look. Fanatics ruined that, though I'm sure they'll ruin this. Uh, Speaking of which, though, Activision Blizzard has also mutually agreed to part with Fanatics. 
Two breakups in one week. That's something to look forward to. Hey, uh, remember that kid, uh, uh, Tim Stutzla? <laughs> Stutzla. Whatever. Uh, the senators picked him up with a pick that they got from San Jose in the EK65 deal. Yeah, he only leads the senators in goals right now. Uh, tied for second, Chris Tierney, also part of the EK deal. Oh, and Josh Norris, also part of the EK deal, has more points than any other Shark aside from Hurdle, Couture, and Kane. So that all worked out quite well. Uh, the NHL looking to increase their rate of COVID-19 rapid testing. Hopefully that happens like really, really rapidly as we keep seeing more and more games getting postponed. Uh, the Barracuda opened their season earlier today against the Tucson Ro Road Runners, losing 2-1 to one in OT. John Leonard picks up the only goal for the Barracuda, unassisted. Cam Deneen would score the OT for Tucson as Ryan Merkley gets caught looking on. And you can find out more about the San Jose Barracuda with our buddy Kevin Lacey in the latest installment of In the Reef. Check out our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button and you'll know all about it. And finally, we get to Jerk's favorite segment. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> Our comment of the week from the Sharks fan Facebook page. Let's dial go. it up, baby. Dial it up. Uh, hey, who do we lose to the expansion draft before next season? Do we protect eight players or seven forwards and three D and one goalie? Keep in mind, players unwilling to waive no movement clauses count in that number. Couture, Kane, Hurdle, Carlson, Burns, Vlasic, Jones. I know most of the possibilities depend on off-season signings and trades, but I'll go first. LeBanc or Ferraro? Now, when I saw the word, the name Ferraro, oh, jeez, sentence by sentence to educate the people. All right, here we go. So, number one, <clears throat> excuse me. Here we go. Who do we lose to the expansion draft before next season? Now, AJ talked about not using Facebook as Google, but I think it, you can look at this question and say, okay, you're with your buddies and you're crowdsourcing. So whatever. <laughs> Do we protect eight players or seven forwards, three defensemen and a goalie? Again, maybe don't use it as Google, but again, you're crowdsourcing, you're with your buddies, whatever. I got no problem with it. Keep in mind, players unwilling to waive no movement clauses count in that number. That is true. If you have a no-move clause, you're automatically protected unless you are asked and agree to waive your no-move clause. Uh, Couture, Kane, Hurdle, Carlson, Burns, Lassick, Jones. So here's the thing. So Couture, Kane, Hurdle, uh, Burns, Burns and, Jones. and Jones, they all have modified no-trade clauses. And usually with that, it's, hey, what three teams do you want to go to? Or, hey, what ten teams do you not want to go to? And that's it. Uh, Carlson and Vlasic are the only ones who have no move clauses. So Carlson and Vlasic are the only ones who have to be protected. Every, every uh, those other um, five guys, you can leave them empty or you can leave them exposed. It's totally the uh, Sharks prerogative there. Uh, most of the possibilities depend on offseason signings and trades. A little bit captain obvious, but sure, that's fine. Um, LeBanc or Ferraro? So Ferraro is a second-year professional. So he's not eligible for the expansion draft. That's it. That's literally, that's it. Yeah, don't and, have to protect him. Yeah, and LeBanc. Now, I know a lot of people don't like LeBanc, but LeBanc just signed a four-year contract extension. He's the fifth highest paid forward on the team, and he's a good player. So I'm not really sure why you're leaving him exposed. 
there's also room to protect him. So again, I don't know why you're leaving him exposed. Um, the Sharks are actually kind of in a pretty nice position right now where the players that they want to protect, they can. You know, they're not going to be in a situation where, you know, they get pinched and have to give up a first-round pick so that somebody takes Stefan Nason. You know, that's not going to happen here. And so, you know, this one is not as egregious as last week's just because I <laughs> I think it was fra- I think it was framed as like you're just chatting with your buddies and you want to get the opinion, but as always, folks, if you're going to say something, make sure you say it correctly. <laughs> We're just saying, dude, just I hint the homework. Come on, man. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> this is why we need Drew Remenda around. Right? I see it now. Um, I am interested to see, though, the way that this breaks down as the expansion draft gets closer. Do we see Doug Wilson offer a... We, we saw what happened with Vegas. All the little, th- the little side deals that happened. There was, a, hey, we'll throw you a pick if you promise to take this guy. Wonder if Doug Wilson tries to pull some shit out of his ass and goes, hey, we'll throw you this if you, I don't know, take... Brent Burns? I mean, Maybe. why why would you like want to get rid of your most producing <laughs> defenseman right now? But maybe maybe that maybe that's the play though. Maybe it's like, okay, if he plays really well, teams will look at him favorably and they'll want to trade him instead of us giving him up for nothing. True that. I like that. Chief has value. I, and you know what I I want to interject here again. So I'm looking at the <laughs> the Sharks forward list right now. So seven forwards. That's who you're keeping. Couture, Kane, Meyer, Hurdle, LeBanc, Donato. That's six right there. So you got one more spot. Balsers, Gambrell. If that, you would, I mean, if, that's, if, that's your choice. Like if, it's you're okay. If you, <laughs> that's if you your would, last choice. It's not like there's anybody big who you're leaving off the list here. Yeah, but if you had if you had brought this to me a week ago, I would have been Gambrell, <laughs> you know, or a week and a half ago. But you know. basically, if the ex- if the expansion draft was tomorrow, the Sharks would have to decide if they expose Balsers and or Gambrell. And don't get me wrong, I love both of those players. But if you lose one, you'll get over it. Yeah. So <laughs> what? <laughs> well, and I like the thing where it's like eight players or seven forwards, three D, and a goalie, and it's like kind of feel like uh, you can go the eight players route because you can expose both goalies because who cares? No one's taking these guys. <laughs> <laughs> that you know what? Yeah, that's or yeah. The play is to protect Dubnik because you know no one's taking Jones. Well, Dubnik's a pending unrestricted free agent, so I, I'd oh, have it was to just I'd, a one year deal. I thought it was a two year yeah, for some reason. So, so and and so that's that's going to be interesting because um I don't know and again I'll have to dig into the rule book but a goalie or a player in general that's a pending UFA I don't know if they count for your exposure requirements. Yeah, don't they have to have like one more year left on their deal minimum? I believe so. So um I'm yeah. just it looks like it's going to be the Doug Wilson's got to choose between Jones or uh Yosef Coronash. So <laughs> <laughs> well, real fucking Sophie's choice right there. <laughs> oh. And we like Coronash, but that's an easy decision. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. All right. Uh, 
last looks, uh, last call for the chat here as we uh, start to wrap it all up. Again, apologies to our affiliates for running long. Uh, Rocket, your kind of like last thoughts. I mean, look, <laughs> a split versus Anaheim. I mean, you, you take three points, you give three points. I mean, it wasn't fantastic. It's not what you want, obviously. You got two, three games between now and the next show. Two versus L.A. and then the opener versus Vegas. <sighs> Just go. <laughs> the two against L.A. is going to be the battle of the shit show. I know that. Just from... <laughs> um. It's going to be like a hard race to the bottom, and I really just I hope to God it's entertaining. I don't I don't even care about. I mean, like five hundred would be great, but I also just want it to be entertaining. Um, yeah, and then then we get into Vegas, and that's a whole other cartridge of of ammunition. Um, but I think I think that uh, like I said, fifty six game preseason. We get a real solid look at what the kids are going to look like next year. Um, you know, we we uh, we strengthen them and we weed out their weaknesses and 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 drive them into non-existence. I think this will be a, a great learning experience for the young kids. As far as like the overpaid prima donnas or, or what have you on the team, I don't think that they matter nearly as much as we make them out to be. I mean, they matter, but for us as fans, as far as the team goes, I don't think it matters. I think, like I said, 56-game preseason because there are no rules this year and the points don't matter. My name is Rocket Backhander. You can find me hanging out on Twitter. I talk about hockey, hot girl shit, and things about living in Spokanistan. Uh, it's capital R, capital B, little Ackhander76. It's Rocket Backhander76. Or I backhander. You can uh, check me out on Instagram taking pictures of cats and snow days and fun things uh chiefs hockey is starting up out here so uh hopefully we'll get some more hockey photos going on shortly that's uh rocket backhander one word instagram that's it aj when did when did this turn into whose line <laughs> points don't matter <laughs> no the points don't matter <laughs> give three uh, take three they don't matter ugh. hockey jerk i mean what <laughs> Two against LA. What's, I mean, best case scenario, obviously you win all three. What's what's reality say to you? What do you think the Sharks are going to do? Uh, I think the Sharks will take both against LA, um, and then lose <laughs> lose a very lose a very competitive one to zero game against Vegas. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm you know what? I'm just saying. Uh, you never know what can happen with this this sport that we call hockey. Um, and speaking of hockey, my name, uh, at least what you people know my name as, is <laughs> is hockey underscore jerk. At least that's what it is on Twitter. And you should go there uh, if you like to laugh and be informed uh, about hockey. Um, for my degenerate gamblers out there, uh, the, <laughs> the color of the Gatorade at the Super Bowl was blue. Check your betting tickets accordingly. Back to you, AJ. All right. We've updated his Spoogie. Twitter handle. <laughs> based, Why? Of course, based on his, uh, you know, choice of shirt for the evening. <laughs> Sounds like the name of the mascot for the adult video award ceremony. What, what's, you, his, what's his name you, again? Oh, Blasty. That's yeah. Blasty. Which, if Bluey. you ask me, those two are they're in they're in the same neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's it might not be on the same block but definitely in the same zip code. <laughs> okay. Skeety. Really really quick, I just want to say this is funny. 
Um, so Dude, really quick left 40 minutes ago. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we've gone this far anyway. Okay. So for those, <laughs> for those who don't know, um, for those who don't know, Miss, Mrs. Jerk is not a hockey fan, but I showed her a picture of Jacob Markstrom's retro reverse pads. And she said, Oh, is that for the Sploogy Jersey? <laughs> so she gets it. <laughs> Dear Lord. God. Uh, Never- Estimate the reach of this podcast. Hey now, uh, like a tiger, saying Vegas six sharks two. I I, I look at that and I go, completely <laughs> possible. If it if Jones is in net, I was going to sh- say the sharks will win six to five. If oh. Dubnik is in net, they will lose one to zero. Here, here, here's, <laughs> oh. a, here's a question. Why oh, you gotta be like that? Here's a question. Does Jones get a start over the next three games? And and I guess the further question is, should he? I, I I think a smart person would say that Dubnik probably starts Tuesday against LA, and then Thursday and Saturday. I guess depends on how Tuesday goes. Because hmm. you also take into account, and I get so tired of this. Is oh well, you know Jones used to play for the Kings, and so you know you always want to start him versus the bullshit. It makes no difference i don't care about it's been five years let it go man i just i I think at this point just based on the numbers look at the last three and and again that's the hardest part is you sit there and go well dubnik is the better goalie but the sharks don't win with them what can you do (laughs) insane man i don't get it so it was jones and then dubnik versus anaheim yeah if i'm you i roll dubnik versus on tuesday and then I guess you see what happens. If you lose the game, then you go, oh, I guess we're going back to Jones because uh, Dubnik can't get a regulation win, just can't win. Ugh, I hate this. I hate it. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us <laughs> on the Bugnologist episode 119. You feel better, don't you? It's like, ah, oh, goddamn, Tom Brady won another one and the Sharks suck. I can't remember. Uh, look, we did talk to Gil- Dylan Gambrell earlier in the week. Go check that out if you will. Uh, we had that article about the Fanatics and the Sharks parting ways. You can find out all that information. Drew Remenda did a great call with us about a week or so ago. Uh, shared some great stories. You can, If you enjoyed them on the pre-post and intermission, you're definitely going to enjoy some of the stories he had. Um our buddy Kevin Lacey gave you a new episode of In the Reef about the Barracuda. That's on the YouTube channel. Talk to Ted Ramey about the Sharks Audio Network. Oh, there's just all those things. So find it all, tealtownusa.com. Uh, I'm AJ underscore strong on the social media stuff, and that is 119 in the books. We'll see you in a week for episode 120. Lord knows where the hell we're going to be at that point. I hope to God it is not still at the bottom of the division. Would you? Would you say we had to do like win like two games and we're in fourth? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if 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 the Sharks take these two games against LA and and Anaheim loses, all of a sudden I think we're cooking with gas. Okay. And I'll tell you this, folks. And, and I'm sorry I said we. I hate doing that. The Sharks are in fourth. <laughs> I'll tell you this, folks. Anaheim losing, I, I'd throw some money on that. I mean, they do play Vegas after all. There's mm. mm. your, your gambling tip for Tuesday night. Uh, Vegas, take Dude. the money line. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why does everything become gambling now? It's on the athletic. It's on the pregame shows. Dude, gambling's fun. 
it's fun, <laughs> but it's like, it, dude, I don't need to see infomercials on it during broadcast, but all right. See you next week for episode 120. Catch you on the Discord.